today I'm going to be talking about three ways your freedom, your freedoms are being taken from you and what you can do about it. Three ways that your freedoms are being taken from you and what you can do about it. The big idea that I'm going to tell you right out of the gate, because it's so important that you catch this, I, I don't want you to leave here today, or if you're watching online, I don't want you to miss what this is, that when we stop fighting for our freedom, your freedom will be taken from you. Now, your mind might be going into political freedom, your mind might be going into all different directions of what freedom we're going to talk about, but I'm going to tell you a little bit, and we're going to be posturing yourselves and digging into the book of Daniel and throwing in, spicing in some other scriptures along the way. But I feel like the time is near. The, the revelation that I had from that is realizing when the Bible said, um, always Jesus was saying, be ready, the time is near. And it was like, oh, that's 2,000 years ago. Uh, so is the time really that near? Well, for you it is. <laughs> Do you realize that you have a lifespan of maybe, now I'm not seeing any babies here today because we don't have kids ministry, but, but you probably have 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years. That's short when you measure that up to eternity, so the time is drawing close. But my burden has been to realize that not only is our time short, but imagine people who don't know Jesus. Their fate is going to have an eternity separated from God. I have been more burdened by that lately. I am grateful for COVID. It has wrecked me, but I'm grateful for it because God has done some great things in my heart during this time. But I want to let you know that, that, that I'm concerned that our world as we see it today is like a frog in a boiling pot of water, right? You put a frog in lukewarm water and then you just turn the heat up ever. So slightly, and the frog doesn't know it's being boiled to death. And that's kind of us. Sorry for the, the, the kind of crazy analogy on that. But, but, okay, let me ask you this. Have you been around a friend or a coworker that just is doing something or says something that, in your opinion, is just a little bit off or just a little not right? And you kind of get the courage like, hey, um, I don't know if that's right. And, and I guarantee you, 99.9% .9 of the time, they would say, oh, what's the big deal? Everybody's doing it, right? It's normal. Now, I want to tell you, just because it's normal doesn't make it right. In, in a world that, that anything goes, and, and I, I'm concerned that we've missed our, our thinking of independence, like our, our, we have freedom, right? Our independence is somehow like, independent to do whatever you want to do. And the reality is that kind of attitude is actually eroding away our freedoms. See, we have an enemy. What's the enemy's name? Satan, the devil. And he is wanting to kill, steal, destroy. He knows his fate. He knows uh, those who've given their life to Jesus, their fate. But he is hell-bent on putting people in bondage. He's hell-bent on distracting people from their purpose and their calling. He's hell-bent on causing pain and division and hurt. And he wants to play on your pride. He wants to play on your feelings and your emotions. 
And he wants to put you in slavery. And I'm looking around the world today, and I'm looking at the times that we're in, and I'm looking at this something about we've walked through this time of isolation that it becomes a little bit clearer. And I've realized that, that he is in hot pursuit of his church, of followers of Jesus. He's not so concerned about those who are not followers of Jesus, because guess what? <laughs> he already knows where they're going, Right? So today I want you to help you find your freedom again. See, if we're not fighting for our freedom, we're actually losing our freedom. That's the big idea today. If you're not fighting for your freedom, you're actually losing your freedom. And I, I've realized that in my own life. And I'm going to share a few stories. Uh, before I got married, um, I lacked, you've maybe heard these stories before, but maybe you haven't. But I, I lacked sexual integrity. My mind was frequently in the gutter. And, um, and it was somewhat formed by the movies I watched and I would even say pornography. Because when I was at a young age, I wasn't looking for this, but pornography found me. Now, thankfully, I was going to say thankfully, that wasn't like an addiction vice in my life. But I'm going to tell you something about what the enemy does and how, he, how he's so tricky and how he is so crafty and how he's setting every single one of you up. See, it, I was in fourth grade and I was, I didn't ever go over to friends over for a sleepover, but the one time I did, the one time I did, my friend's parents were watching pornography. Fourth grade. Then sixth grade, I found a magazine on the side of the road. I was just walking down the road in the country. How'd that get there? Later, in ninth grade, pornography was in plain sight at a house that I was babysitting at. See, I was never looking for this, but, but it, it found me. And like, you maybe are never looking for these things that become temptations or vices in your life, but it finds you. And, and I want to let you know, it's, it's not on you. It's on the enemy who wants to set you up. But Jesus came to set us free. See, but over time, my thinking began to be twisted and my actions started to play on the wrong thinking. And actually, as I began to think and as I began to act in the wrong way, in the twisted way, and then the perverted way, my freedoms were actually being taken from me. See, I was a church-going kid and I didn't really read the Bible though and I didn't have a close relationship with the Lord. And Actually, that would have saved a lot of this for me because the antidote which we're going to go into is, is making sure that we see clearly in God's word what he's saying, he's saying to us because that is the thing that's going to keep us free. We'll get there in a moment. But you see, today, pornography is everywhere, right? It's so easy to, to have access to it. You can do it in the privacy of a device and, and we are wondering like, it's normal, everybody's doing it, and therefore, we feel somewhat justified and we lose any conviction that we maybe had, or even if we do have conviction, the enemy plays on it and says, he traps you, right? He makes you feel guilt and shame and you can't talk about it, and so now you're left isolated, and that's exactly where the enemy wants you. See, feeling normal can be a trick, and almost feeling like normal is right. 
Let me give you another example. So I heard that the state of New Hampshire during COVID-19 saw an increase of alcohol sales by 400%. And I wonder, you know, they they put uh, liquor stores in the most convenient places all through the state of New Hampshire. I don't know what they're thinking of putting it on our major highways and freeways. But I wonder if it's been 400% more opportunity for people to have their freedom taken away from them. You see, maybe a few drinks here and there becomes a drink every night, then becomes a drink to go to sleep, and then becomes a drink to cope, and then before we know it, we're being controlled by alcohol, and our freedoms are being stripped from us, and then we find ourselves, we become a slave to a drink. And see, the enemy knows it. You know, honestly, there's nothing wrong with alcohol. In moderation, in the appropriate places, but it has a trap attached to it. My question is, are you free? And I, I, I give you some of these examples today because I've been on the edge of both of those examples. God has been gracious enough with me that I could see far enough down the path to say, you know what? My freedoms are being taken from me. And if I don't watch out, I'm going to lose my ability to be free. See, righteousness or right living gives us freedom. And this freedom is worth fighting for. I'll tell you, the enemy in in the world of the kingdom, kingdom of God, kingdom of darkness, there is no neutral territory. The enemy is like a lion looking for whom he is going to devour. He is fighting hard to take those who follow followers of Jesus out of the game. And Jesus is fighting for us though. Jesus is fighting for us. But here we are in the, in the middle of those two battles and, and you know what he's asking us he's doing? He's asking us to fight. See, when we give up, guess what? We give in. When we give up, we give in. And our flesh has strong desires. Our flesh pulls us. It might be something different from you. It might be food, education, money, power, sex. It might be all kinds of different things. Position. It might be, oh, there's so many things. Social media. Anything that begins to control your life, your freedoms are being taken from you. And Jesus says, Whom the Son has set free is free indeed. And we come to Jesus in this process of a decision and he's bringing us freedom, but then we have to maintain that freedom. We have to fight for that freedom. What, you guys are coming up already? That means I'm just getting going here. Oh my word. We're going, don't worry. I'm going till I'm done today. (laughs) All right, so I'm going to, in the book of Daniel, Daniel is, is captured from Jerusalem and with a bunch of people and brought into Babylon. Babylon would be very similar to what it is today. Uh, very opulent, lots of resources, lots of pleasure, lots of, um, it's just very similar today. And here Daniel, um, a Jewish boy, 
devoted to God, is brought into the king's courts, and because he's intelligent, he's bright, he's being trained to be one of the uh, officials or really used in Nebuchadnezzar's household. In the process of him bringing these, these young men um, from captivity into Babylon, he begins to wine and dine them in essence. Rich food, plenty of wine. And Daniel says, that's not for me though, because that's going to actually distract me from my devotion to God. Well, I'm going to paraphrase this to get real close here to where we're going, but Daniel not only refuses that, but then he refuses to bow down to a golden idol, a statue, because he wanted to follow one true God. But you know what? He wasn't afraid of being thrown into a fiery furnace because he says, the God whom I serve will protect me. But he had to fight so strongly the cultural pull Right, Babylon. Hey, they're all doing it. It's normal. After all, the king is inviting us to it. The king, after all, is telling us to drink. He's telling us to go after these pleasurable things. Daniel said no. He had a fight for his freedom. Then, you know, they're basically saying they, they made a, well, it wasn't really a decree. It's an injunction signed by the king. Other officials were trying to trap David and and they basically said, hey, nobody can pray to any God except the king can pray for 30 days. And, and they snuck up on Daniel and they saw Daniel devotedly praying to God. They said, ah, breaking the king's laws, we're gonna throw you in the lion's den. God protected him. God protected him. Temptations are all around us all the time. And, and I think if we begin to start looking at things, oh, that's normal, we become complacent. We become almost like, oh, that's just what our culture does. We realize it's a trick of the enemy and your freedoms are being stolen from you. And my concern is I don't want to see any one of you walk around with bondage in your life. I've been there. It stinks. You lose your confidence. You lose your closeness with the Lord. Real quick, three ways our freedom are being taken from us. Number one, you want to write this down, you can. Three ways our freedoms are being taken from us. One, when we believe the lie that our independence is separated from our dependence on God. See, there's a reason why on our currency, money, in our places of government where laws are being made, it says in God we trust. In God we trust. Because we know in flesh we trust, we're going to mess up every time. There has to be one true north and there has to be one true way in his God and his righteousness. Daniel realized his freedom was his dependence on God, not whether somebody threw him in a furnace or in the lion's den. That wasn't bondage for Daniel. Daniel knew the bondage that came by taking on the ways of the world. Number two, three ways our freedom are being taken from us. Number two, when we care about pleasure, more about pleasure than we do about living righteously before God. 
See, Daniel, Daniel could have easily justified it, right? We told you, I told you this, that the, the king was telling him it's okay. And the world will always push us to tell us it's okay. But I want to tell you what's okay. In Proverbs 22, 21, verse 21, 21, 21, whoever pursues righteousness and love finds prosperity and honor. Whoever pursues, this idea of pursuit means you need to fight for your freedom. It doesn't come naturally. First John 2, 15 says this. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Wow, harsh words. For all that is in the world, the despises of the flesh, sorry, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. So he's talking about desires of the flesh. They're real. And the enemy knows how to plant seeds of deception and set you up and put things in your path to try to ensnare you and to entrap you and to enslave you. But Jesus says, no, fight for your freedom. And number three, three ways our freedoms are being taken from us. Number three is when we stop fighting for our freedom. When we stop fighting for our freedom, when we start putting, getting back on our heels, and when we start coasting, I'll tell you what, the coasting is, we're not, we're not going coasting. Our freedoms are being taken from us. We're gonna be set up. That's why I believe in Philippians 2.12, it says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. In other words, it's like, that's a fight call. That's a fight call. Work it out, work it out, work it out. This is not a, hey, love you, Jesus. You're my homeboy. No, this is like, Jesus, I desperately need you every day. Jesus, I need to be in your word every day. Jesus, without you, I am nothing. I know my flesh. My flesh will make me fail. I know my weakness. My weakness, I will boast in my weakness. Why? Because when I'm weak, you are strong. So three ways to regain your freedom. I told you three ways we lose it. Here's how we regain it real quick. Number one, daily, and I'm saying daily, search the Bible to know how to live according to God's ways. Daniel was always on his knees connecting with God. He knew I would say the Old Testament back then, Daniel, he knew God's ways. Number two, daily ask the Holy Spirit to fill you and live with his presence inside of you. Let him guide you into all truth. The Bible says he will guide you into all truth. Daniel prayed three times a day. I believe it was that closeness and that sensitivity that allowed him to interpret dreams, that allowed him to have this confidence to know that even though the world or Babylon or King Nebuchadnezzar was throwing things his way, that he could stand with confidence and trust in the one 
who would save him. Number three, hold fast to the, to the things that seem, sorry. Fast, not hold fast. Fast those things that seem to have control in your life. Daniel chose not to take the king's wine, the king's luxurious food. He fasted it. I was saying, if you find something in your life that is beginning to mm, maybe have a little too much influence in your life, too much control in your life, that you maybe don't have as much say in that part of your life that you think you should, try fasting it. Give it up. See, when you stop feeding the pleasure button in your life, then, then you begin to start allowing Jesus to bring some healing in areas of your life. Our nation is 244 years old to, well, yesterday. And I wanna let you know we had a fight for that freedom, didn't we? We had a fight for that freedom. Men and women just didn't say, oh, it would be nice sometime to be free from England. <laughs> no, they said, you know what? We need to be offensive. We need to be intentional. We need to fight. We need to come up with a plan and we need to fight for this freedom. We want to destroy the thing that steals, uh, that steals from us. We want to go after the thing that takes, uh, puts us in bondage. I want to let you know if you're not fighting for your freedom, your freedom will be taken from you. For those of you who are behind that camera today watching this online, my apologies, I've not been looking at you as much as I used to. I've been looking at everybody in the room here today, but I'm talking to you as well. I am for you, Jesus is for you. You are not defined by your mistakes. You're not defined by the things that you feel like you're in bondage to. You're defined by who Jesus says you are, you're a child of God. If you've given your life to Jesus, if you haven't given your life to Jesus yet, I wanna encourage you, all you have to do is ask him into your life. Jesus, please come into my life. Thank you for going to the cross for me. Thank you for setting me free. I accept you, Jesus, for the work that you've done. Please forgive me for my past mistakes. And by the way, that's not instantaneously, like no longer you're not gonna have temptations, no longer. I've been a follower of Jesus for 25, I mean, serious follower of Jesus, 25 years. And I'll tell you what, I have to fight. I have to fight to keep my life in a right place with God. The Bible says to pursue righteousness, the righteousness of Jesus Christ. I believe when we pursue righteousness, living right before God is a place that keeps us free. The devil wants to ensnare you and trap you and to enslave you. And Jesus came to bring us to a place of freedom. I wanna let you know you don't have to fight alone. If you feel like, hey, I've tried fasting this, and by the way, this thing just keeps haunting me or coming after me, we have a ministry here at Grace Capital Church called Celebrate Recovery. That's not for those who are like, it hurts hangups and habits. By the way, that means all of us, right? <laughs> every single one of us. Every Friday night here at the church, it's going on. They've started meeting again. You can come and find 
that people will champion you and support you and cheer you on, that you can walk in freedom. But I wanna let you know, if you're not fighting for your freedom, you're losing your freedom. If you're not fighting for your freedom, you're losing your freedom. Jesus wants you free. He wants your soul to find peace. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Not as this world gives do I give to you. Jesus' words, John 17, 27. The big idea today, if you're not fighting for your freedom, your freedom's being taken from you. Jesus came that we might experience life and life in the full. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Welcome to Church Online. My name is Pastor Mark, and I just want to say thank you for taking the time to join us in watching our services online. Maybe you can't be at our location today and you're watching this from home or on the road. We just want to say thank you for tuning in. And maybe you can't get to a physical location at Grace Capital Church, and this becomes part of your regular routine to do church live on your computer or on your device. We want to say, Invite some friends with you. Do church together. Life is so much better together and discovering what God has for us is meant to be done in community. Gather people together and enjoy these services for weeks to come. Thank you for watching.